This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, August the 2nd. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First up today, twins who douse themselves in petrol on an SO4 court in Canterbury have been jailed. A shocking story this one. A court's been told how Brittany and Bethany Lee tried to ignite a lighter during a standoff with police. Well, our reporter Sean Axtell was at Canterbury Crown Court for this case and joins me now. Sean, the details do sound incredibly distressing for everyone involved. Can you tell us more about what happened? Yes, the 23-year-olds made a call to the police saying that they were going to set themselves on fire and blow up the SO garage in Storry Road, Canterbury. And after police alerted the garage, the staff there deactivated the systems so any residual fuel could flow from the nozzles. But Bethany and Brittany doused themselves in the petrol in the garage forecourt until police arrived. And the court heard during a subsequent standoff, Bethany tried sparking a cigarette lighter but thankfully the flame didn't discharge. And the CCTV footage was played in court, wasn't it? Yes, it showed the girls moving from one pump to the other for about five minutes, tipping the accelerants all over themselves, taking it in turns as they did so. It made quite surreal viewing, I'm sure you could imagine. And when the police arrived, there was a brief standoff and the girls, while drunk, tried to make a brief getaway, but they were arrested. So tell us what the pair admitted to and what sentences they received. The duo, who appeared in court with significant cuts and bruises on their faces, had pleaded guilty to attempted arson with recklessness as to whether life was endangered. Judge Mark Weeks handed them three years and nine months each. And finally, Sean, was anything else said in court about the pair? Yes, the court heard Bethany and Brittany battled emotional instability disorder from a young age and they self-harmed together with their behaviour recently intensifying. Phil Rowley, mitigating for Bethany, said she had a troubling and challenging early life and Charlotte Oliver, mitigating for Brittany, added the twins had formed a destructive alliance. And uh, anyone listening to the hearing would think there was some kind of deep-seated psychological issues at play here linked to their curious behaviour. But during the sentencing hearing on Friday, the court heard psychiatrists had ruled the twins do not have psychiatric issues linked to their behaviour. Sean, thank you ever so much. You can also read that report and see pictures of the twins at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you today. And Chatham's Lee Ryan has been arrested after he's alleged to have verbally abused staff on a plane. Now, the 39-year-old blues singer is said to have become aggressive towards cabin crew when they refused to serve him alcohol. Police detained him on Sunday afternoon when his flight arrived at London City Airport from Glasgow. He's since been released under investigation. An armed robber from Kent who raided five bookmakers in South London has been jailed for 10 years. Grant Mullen made it seem like he had a shotgun by hiding a collapsible walking stick in a carrier bag when he carried out the robberies in April. He ended up stealing nearly £3,000. The 50-year-old from Wellington Street in Gravesend admitted all of the charges. A disabled woman's been attacked after being accused of taking up too much room on a bus from Dartford. She got on the number 96 near the Orchard Theatre in the town when another woman with a pram started arguing about room on board. Police were called and the victim was taken to hospital. She suffered bruising and an investigation is underway. Now, people moving to new homes planned for a part of Medway could be banned from having cats in a bid to try and protect local wildlife. 
38 properties are due to be built off Cliff Woods, not far from an important nature reserve and nightingale habitat. The RSPB and Natural England were against the development, but have been told a no-cats policy could be introduced. Sounds like an interesting concept, while Councillor Elizabeth Turpin has been speaking to about it to Sophia from our colleagues at KMTV. It's ridiculous, to be honest, and it's something that I brought up um, you know, with the developers at the time when we sort of were, were chatting over the planning application. It's just something that can't be enforced. So as much as I would want it to stay there now that the application is approved, I just don't think it was um, an acceptable mitigation, really, because you just can't enforce it. You know, if um, families are going to get a cat, you know, and you see a cat wandering around the development, how do you know where that cat comes from? When you do find out where the cat comes from, what are you then going to do about it? What do you know about uh, these birds in particular that they're protecting? So we've got a very important triple SI um, at, at Chandon Woods um, with nightingales there. So it's been, you know, they're incredibly important. This site is incredibly important for nightingales. Um, so nationally, not just the local area, but for nationally. So we really want to protect that. And it's the fact that nightingales nest very close to the ground. So hence why it's, it's a real problem for cats um, because it just makes their job very easy to go and catch them so it's really worrying that um, what effect you know more development is going to have so close to that triple si and do you think it's going to be effective do you think people will still have cats do you think they're going to be able to enforce this I don't know, I'd hope that um, you know people moving into this site will stick to the covenant and that they won't have a cat um, I think you know, I think there will be probably people that, you know, you only have to get one that sort of thinks, oh, you know, I'll just get one. And um, unfortunately, then, you know, other people follow suit. You've got, it's going to be a development for families. So you've got the, you know, the children that are going to be putting on pressure from to their parents, please going to have a cat, you know, and they go through it. And also what concerns me is when, um, the, you know, when you have a sale of a, of a property in future, it depends how well solicitors sort of communicate that, that to the um, new buyer and if you know it might be a case that just the resident doesn't know that they're not meant to have a cat and then you know in the future it could become an even bigger problem. People living nearby think it's a pretty daft idea and say there's just too much development. Can't have cats well how are they going to enforce that that's going to be very interesting. It does seem ludicrous that they can build over farmland. How it's going to be enforced and, and how we could be told not to have pets, it's just ludicrous. The wildlife impacts are huge. We've got nightingales, we've got breeding buzzards. Madness, absolute madness. It doesn't seem to matter anymore about wildlife in this country as it doesn't seem to matter about farmland. Well we'd love to know what you think. You can search for this story online and leave a comment there or you can get in touch via our socials or you can drop us a message as well. It's news at the kmgroup.co.uk This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. An inquest has heard how a baby from Kent died in hospital of a brain injury and heart attack after choking on food at his daycare. Nine months old Oliver Steeper was being looked after at Jelly Beans Day Nursery in Kingsnorth when it happened last September. The owner has since closed the site and a police investigation is ongoing. A teenager has been charged after a woman was punched and racially abused on a bus in Dartford. The woman who's in her 20s got on in West Hill when it happened. A 15-year-old girl from Scotland is due to appear in court next month.
The Kent Online podcast has learned a multi-million pound hospital ward in North Kent still hasn't opened more than six months after it was supposed to have done. It cost more than seven million pounds to build the facility at Darren Valley in Dartford in a bid to free up space in A&E. Well, ongoing water and plumbing issues mean it's still not being used. Bosses say it's important the ward is completely fit for use before patients are treated there. Now, Kent is still one of the worst affected areas in the country when it comes to rural crime, according to new figures. The theft of things like quad bikes, trailers, even Land Rovers from farms cost the county nearly £1.4 million last year. Now, that, in fact, is a slight fall on the previous year, but Charlie York from NFU Mutual says the data is worrying. So we've seen a huge cost to rural crime last year, and, and the first indications we're seeing for this year is, again, a significant significant increase. And what really we're starting to see in Energy Mutual's found with our data is as we come out of the pandemic, thieves are returning to the countryside, starting to target high value equipment, vehicles and farms, and really causing significant disruption. Why is it that we've seen this increase? I think it's likely that we've seen this increase because of a number of factors. Obviously, the first one, which I've mentioned, is coming out of the pandemic, returning to that more normal. Thieves are able to start getting on farms, stealing items and selling them on. But actually, supply chain is having a huge impact. So as we're starting to see delays in manufacturing of new vehicles, GPS equipment and and high value assets, actually, it's becoming more desirable for thieves to come onto farm, almost as if they've got a shopping list to steal things and then sell them on. What do you think can be done to prevent um, this type of rural crime? So NFU Mutual are encouraging farmers, the countryside and generally police forces to work more together to enhance security on your farms look at ways that you can protect your assets. So it might be locking vehicles away at night. It might be installing immobilizers and trackers, but really it's trying to come together to do more to um, combat these thieves. One thing I would say is thieves are becoming more sophisticated as well. So actually they're taking new measures to actually target farms and that might be using drones, other high-tech devices to scope out before they actually cause a crime. And you've mentioned um, that that theft is is a bit is a big issue um is this the only type of rural crime that we're seeing is is it just theft that's on on the rise um i I don't know what what other types of rural crimes you we might be experiencing so there's there's a whole number of incidents and crimes taking place and as you mentioned it may be that there's thefts of vehicles um quad bikes and actually we're seeing land rover defenders the original ones actually being targeted but likewise with the issues and costs around fuel we're seeing fuel being targeted um, rustling as well has been on the increase of livestock. So there's a whole array of, of crimes taking place. As you heard, they're urging farmers to boost security amid soaring prices for fuel and machinery. We've also been chatting to Stephen Glover. He's a farmer in Dartford and has actually been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. We've had some crime on farm. Uh, we've had a, uh, a Kawasaki mule, which is... Um, bigger than a quad bike with a, like a cab on it. We had one of them stolen uh, and then found burnt out about half an hour, an hour later. So, uh, you know, and if everyone's having the same problems we are, you know, those statistics will keep going up. We try and mitigate by not leaving things around and bits and pieces. But, you know, you've got to have everything under lock and key pretty much these days. What sort of impact has that had on you? But we get gates stolen, water pipes stolen, drinking feeders stolen. Um, people just go randomly driving across the fields and do damage. We well, actually recently had a neighbour had a trailer stolen. They went through four 
fences, gates, through a crop of standing corn, um, which luckily didn't go up in flames with the heat as well. So there, there, there is a lot of issues. And I suppose as well as financial issues, it must have um, quite a um, an emotional impact on you. It's always in the back of your mind that you've got to be thinking on the forefront about what you're doing with your equipment and items and things. So it does stop your work day because very often everything, like I say, has to be under lock and key, put in the right places. And you might think about not moving to another field because of leaving something at risk. Kent Online reports. People living in part of Medway say they're considering moving because of the traffic mayhem caused by roadworks which have shut a main route through the town. A stretch of Lower Rainham Road in Rainham has been closed for about a month for gas and electricity work. Residents say it's causing gridlock and drivers are constantly having to turn around, not knowing which road is shut. We've asked those behind the work for a comment. The Brexit Opportunities Minister has admitted he was wrong to insist there would be no delays at Dover caused by Brexit following the recent travel chaos. But Jacob Rees-Mogg says the French are to blame for not allowing British travellers to pass through the border freely. Extra post-Brexit security checks are thought to be behind the gridlock we saw in the town a couple of weeks ago. A toddler has been treated for second-degree burns after falling onto a metal ramp at a skate park in Ashford. It happened during the really hot weather last month and the 18-month-old has been referred to a burns unit. Ashford Council say they're investigating what happened. We do wish the little boy a very speedy recovery. You can see pictures of those burns by heading to the story at Kent Online. Now, there's some confusion today after a large restaurant in Maidstone suddenly closed. Ishmael joins me now. So, Ish, what do we know so far? As you're saying, Nick, it's all a bit confusing, really. Madison's on Gabriel's Hill had shut without warning, and people who had meals booked up until Christmas have had their deposits returned. This building is the former Strawberry Moon's Night club and also included the palm boutique night spot we've had a look on socials and its channels have been deleted while its website has been set to private and it's not the only site in the town to close is it that's right seven bone which opened next to zz in december closed back on july 19th it says it's down to staff shortages and is only temporary a spokesman for the chain has said they're looking to rebuild so they can operate at a sustainable level ish thanks ever so much we'll keep you updated on that one and at kent online today you can read our top 13 things to do in the county this summer it includes drama and dance workshops dino trails and even where to meet paddington bear kent online sports at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, some of Kent's gymnasts have been back in action today. Dartford's Gianni Regini Moran is in the final of the men's vault and the parallel bars after winning floor gold yesterday. James Hall, who trains in Maidstone, is going for gold in the men's horizontal bar. And Georgia May Fenton from Gravesend, who claimed gold in the uneven bars competition yesterday, goes in the women's balance beam final. We'll have details on how they got on in tomorrow's episode. In cricket, Kent have got their campaign in the one-day up underway. It follows a disappointing time of it this season in the T20 Blast and the County Championship. Now they've travelled to take on Worcestershire Rapids. We'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station at KMFM from 6 tomorrow morning. You can also check out the details on the Kent Online sports pages. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajikanu is in action at the Washington Open in the early hours of tomorrow. The US Open champion who's from Bromley takes on America's Louisa Chirico. Well that's all from us for today. Thank 
Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. All you need to do is subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.